If you have your Bibles, I'm going to go into the Word of the Lord tonight rather quickly. And uh, I am going to take you to the book of Acts chapter 20. You can remain seated if you want to. I know I just let you sit down and you always stand in honor of the Word of God. But you can remain seated if you would or if you will. If you don't want to, you can stand up. Amen. Acts chapter 20 and verse number 22 down through verse 24. Verse 22 reads like this, Acts, the 20th chapter. Now behold, Paul speaking, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. But none of these things Move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy, and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. And everybody said, Amen. You may be seated. What a An awesome, awesome passage of Scripture. And I have read from this particular portion of Acts on several occasions. And I will tell you again this evening that I I read it and I am moved at Paul's attitude and his spirit and what he says about finishing my course with joy. And so for a, for if you need a title, I, I guess we could call this subject tonight, How to Finish with Joy. Amen. How to Finish with Joy. If you and I could choose how life would be, I am certain tonight that none of us would choose many of the things that we are called to. To endure. If it were our choice and it was our decision, what we would have to go through, what we would have to face, what we would have to endure, there are a lot of things that we would eliminate from our life. I am certain tonight that most of us would eliminate a good portion of the problems that we deal with on a daily basis. If we could reroute life and we could choose the way, you know, get on the digital uh, map quest, the spiritual map quest, and, and we could choose the route that would take us to the glory world, most of us would probably choose a different path than we have been called to live out. But Paul helps me in that regard. Paul helps me understand some things about life and how to live in uncertain times. And that's where we live right now, uncertain times. We have a great election coming up. And I'm not here to push one party or the other, but you better get out and vote 
is what I am telling you. You better make sure that you let your vote be counted and your vote count for something. But whatever happens, we are living in the midst of a lot of uncertainty. And how all of this is going to turn out is is beyond uh any of us to fully understand. And more than that, how to live in this present age without panicking is very important. It's amazing how many people that call themselves Christians are panicking right now. They're in panic mode. And I believe that though there are many uncertainties and there are a lot of variables that we do not know, what the future holds, none of us can predict tonight. But I believe Paul gives me a glimpse of how I ought to finish this thing out. And I don't know about you tonight, church, but I am interested in finishing what I have begun. I have been trying to live for God for a long time long time. Over 40 years I have been endeavoring to do the will of God in my life and it has not always been good and I have not always been as successful at that as I would like. But there is one thing clear in my mind tonight. I am too far on my journey to turn back now And I am too far in living for God to let something happen in these crucial moments of time that would mess up my future and my eternity. I don't care what happens. I don't care how bad life gets. I don't care how hurt life hurts me. I don't care what happens to people around me. I must finish this race that I have begun. And somebody said, amen. We need some finishers around here. We need people that will make up in their mind tonight. You know what? I don't care what happens. I don't know what's going to happen. But whatever does happen, I've already made up my mind. I want to finish this course with joy. Amen. I want to finish this course with joy. And so Paul helps us understand how to live in uncertain times and in moments when others are panicking and when people are wringing their hands and they are worried and the prognosticators are putting forth their predictions about what is going to happen. Paul shows you and I the real attitude in which we ought to live our lives, not wishing that he could change one thing. When I read the book of Acts and I read the 20th chapter, I do not hear one tone in Paul's voice that indicates that if he had had a choice, he would have changed one thing about his life. He was not worried about changing his life. He was worried about finishing his life. And if we would stop worrying about changing our life and get back focused on finishing this life, it would change a lot of things in our life. If we would get back to living, not wishing that we could change or go back and do this, or if if we didn't have to endure that, or we didn't have to go through this, or we didn't have to face that, 
or if somehow we could get on that divine map and redirect our path around this trouble so it wouldn't be so severe. Paul, you don't hear any inclination. There is not one one impulse of his word that indicates that he was worried about changing this or that in his life. All he was worried about was finishing. Everybody say finish. That's what we need to get in the focus of our mind again. Quit fighting with circumstances and quit fighting with the problems of the present hour and get back to the focus of finishing what we have started. What lay ahead of Paul, he didn't even know. He said, it doesn't look good. All the predictions I've heard are not favorable. He had just come from one city and the Bible said that a prophet named Agabus had met him and took his girdle off and bound him and he said that's how you're going to go to Jerusalem. And there were others that had made prophecies that you're not going to go to Jerusalem without fetters and chains. And Paul said that may be true. I don't know what's ahead. Everybody's telling me this is what's going to happen. But he said it really doesn't matter what's before me. I've already made up my mind that I am going to finish this thing. And I'm going to take it all the way to the end. Instead of him being overwhelmed by the uncertainty that was before him... Paul was in fact strengthened by the knowledge that though he didn't know the future, God knew the future. And with his hand in God's hand, God could lead him to it and God could lead him through it. However it might be, God was going to take care of his future. And so what was ahead of him, he didn't know. It looked difficult. He said, I go bound. I thought that was interesting. I go bound. Paul said, I don't have a choice. I am a conscript. I have been forced into this in one sin. And so are you and I. There are a lot of things about life we don't have a choice over. We're conscripted. We're forced into them. We are bound to do them. We don't have a choice. We are bound to face the future. We are bound to deal with certain things. We are bound to have to go through certain things. We cannot stand still and we cannot go back. He said, I go bound. We are bound to some things. We cannot get away from them. We cannot alleviate them. There is no alternative route. I am bound to them. But I'm not bound by them. Do you hear me? There's a vast difference between being bound to go. I go bound, but I'm not bound by them. There is a vast difference in Paul's attitude. He knew that though he could not alter what was before him, he had already altered it. He had already put it on the altar, and that was all that needed to be done. You know what? If many of us would alter our plans, our plans would be altered. 
Amen. If we would just bring what we have and lay it on the altar and say, God, you know what? This is not about me anyway. And you call me. And if you call me, then I am certain that you are going to take care of me. And my life is in your hands. And so Paul said, I go bound. But Paul was not perplexed. We cannot decide the direction that life takes us. Listen to me. You cannot decide the direction that life takes you, but you can shape that direction. You can decide which way it will end. And Paul said, I want the end of my journey to be with joy. I want to come to the end of this thing and not have to look back and say, Oh my, I wish I had changed. Oh, I wish I'd had a different, I I wish I had looked at things differently. Paul said, I cannot change the direction, but I'm going to shape that direction. I am going to choose how I live with this life. We cannot choose what happens to us, but we can choose how we face what happens to us. And so Paul said, I, I don't have a choice. I'm bound. And no, neither do you. We are forced to face the reality of the future. And that future is unknown. It is uncertain. It doesn't look good, but it is there anyway. And so Paul said, I go bound. But Paul was not perplexed. He was bound but he was not perplexed. He was bound, but he was not troubled. He didn't know what was ahead, and he didn't know what the next step was going to be, but he said, I'm not disturbed about that. I'm not worried about what the stock market is going to do or whether Rome is going to throw a ticker tape parade for me and bring me in as an apostle of Jesus Christ. He said, I may come in in bonds and chains, but however I get there, I'm going to get there by the grace of God and by the help of God. And nothing that happens to me, none of these things move me. None of this moves me. I'm not troubled by it. I don't need sleeping pills to help me get to sleep at night. I'm not afraid of what's ahead. There are too many people in this world and far too many people in the church that are panicking and they are afraid and fearful of what is ahead. We need to adopt the attitude of Paul. I don't know what's coming. I don't know what's on the other side of that door. I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. But you know what? It doesn't bother me. It doesn't move me. I'm not going to lose any sleep tonight over it. Why? Because I've got something I've got to do, and that is finish my course. I want to finish what God has begun in my life. I want to bring it to fruition, and I want to finish with joy. Praise God. I want to finish with joy. Life can be long, but not complete. And Paul said, I I don't want to live a long life, but it not be complete. He said, I want to finish my course. There's a course for every one of us, and it's all different. Every one of us have a unique path that God has called us to travel. And none of us face the same things. None of us deal with the same issues. We all have our unique course. But Paul said, I want to 
complete it. I want to finish my course. I want to go all the way to the end. But more than that, I want to finish it with a smile on my face. I want to finish with praise in my heart. I want to finish worshiping. I want to go out of this world dancing into another world. Hallelujah. Listen, folks, if you're looking for me to be down and out and morose, I'm not going to. I don't care who wins the election. I don't care what happens. And you say America is going to hell in a handbasket, and it may be true, but the truth is God's hand is above the hand of man. And whatever man plans, God has a bigger plan. And that's who I'm counting on. I'm not counting on a Republican to bail me out. I'm not counting on a Democrat to give me something that I want. I'm depending on God to hold on to my hand and keep me every step of the way so that when I come to that moment, I can dance my way into the glory world. Praise God. You know what? There ought to be more worship going on around the church right now than there ever has been. There ought to be more praise going on right now than there ever has been. Why? Because we've got to finish this thing with joy. Hallelujah. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I'm happy because I know God holds tomorrow. I don't know what I'm going to have to face tomorrow, but I've already faced the Lord. And he said, don't worry about it. I've got it taken care of. Hallelujah. Amen. He said, I'm going to face tomorrow and I'm going to do it with joy. And so what was important to Paul should be important to us. And this is what I learned when I began to look at this particular passage. This is what Paul teaches me about living And finishing with joy. Number one, don't get caught up in the self issues. Don't get caught up in the self issues. Paul said, I count not my life dear to me. Paul said, I've already taken care of that self issue. And what I mean by that is this fairness of life issue that people... Uh, that floats around everywhere and people are so quick to tell you that that's not fair and and life is not even handed and and I was not given the same breaks as somebody else and and God you know God shows favoritism because I look across the church and I see somebody else and they're not going through what I'm going through you know what Paul died to that a long time ago he said you know what I don't want to have to deal with self I'm just going to die to self and I'm going to live to Christ and so he he laid himself on an altar And by the way, he did it on a daily basis. He didn't do it one time. Paul said, I die daily. Every day he brought himself to the altar and he laid himself there. And he said, you know what, self, you're going to die. Because I'm not going to wrestle with this, is this fair or not. I'm not going to wrestle, is this right or wrong. I'm not going to wrestle with God. You're not being fair with me. Or you're not treating me. I'm going to die to myself so I can live to God. And you know what you learn? You can't hurt a dead man. I said you can't hurt a dead man. You can't hurt his feelings. You can't offend a dead man. You can't make a dead man sull up and pout and throw a pity party. When you're dead, you're dead. And
And Paul said, that's what I've learned about life. The best way to live is just to die. And when you die, you don't have to worry about being hurt. You don't have to worry about a pity party. You don't have to worry about feeling sorry for yourself. If you'll just die to this self-issue, it'll help you leave this place with joy. It'll help you finish this thing with joy. You'll quit sitting around wondering and whining about how unfair life is. Oh, yes, I'm not beating a bush. I am on top of it right now. We, we need to die to self-issues, the rightness or wrongness of life. I was done wrong or I was cheated. You know what? Everybody's been cheated and everybody has been done wrong at some time in life. Don't get hung up on that. Paul had been done wrong. He had been lied on and he had been misrepresented so many times it wasn't even funny. And yet he said, you know what? This doesn't move me. That, that doesn't bother me what people are saying about me. It, it doesn't bother me what people are writing about me. It doesn't bother me what people are putting on Facebook about me. I'm dead to self. And when you die to self, you, you, you just don't worry about those things. And I'm not worried about the fairness of life. I died to self and I'm alive to God. And so that's the first thing that he teaches me. And the second thing that he teaches me is that no matter what, no matter what, no matter what's before you, no matter what happens to you, you have to keep living by faith. There is no other way to live than to live by faith. Faith follows when reason would say no. Faith follows when reason would say go home. Faith stays when reason would say stop. Faith advances and faith continues because faith knows that my ultimate end is not in the hand of circumstances but in the hands of God. And God enables me. Faith enables you to look at life from a different elevation. It enables you to look at life from the right perspective. Faith gives you a, a, a sense of a lift. Amen. It will literally lift you and bring you to a new place where you can see life as it really is. I, I remember, and you probably have heard about the little girl that was playing around her grandmother's house one day and her grandmother was quilting and she was little little tight and running around all she could see were all these threads hanging down on the bottom side and she said oh grandma what are you doing she said oh I'm quilting a beautiful picture and the little girl looked at it and said well it don't look too pretty from down here it doesn't look too pretty from down here anybody ever said that before somebody said oh life is so beautiful it don't look so beautiful down here and still that grandmother picked that little baby up and brought her up on the other side where she could see what the work was really all about. And then all those colors made sense and there was a beautiful picture that was coming together there. That's the way faith is. Faith will help you get up. Faith will elevate you above all the tangled web of life and all the things that don't make sense down here. When you let faith be the operative of your life, it will lift you up so you can get a different perspective. And now you see life in a different way. And oh my 
things work together. All things work together for the good to them who are the call. Oh, that's what life is really all about. It's living by faith. Everybody say living by faith. No matter what happens, you can never get tired of living by faith. Amen. Faith gives you a new elevation and it, it helps you be above, not amid the problems. And that's what you need in times like these. You need a faith that can keep you elevated. Because if you listen to the Rush Limbaugh's and you rush, listen to the uh, to to the uh, other people that are on the radio and, and and you listen to the liberal and you listen to the extreme left and the extreme right, the picture that they're going to paint for your mind, you're going to want to crawl in a hole and pull the dirt over your head. But you know what? I don't think that's how God wants me to finish this thing. I don't think God wants us to gather our little four around and say, oh, we got to hold the fort. We got to keep the." I don't believe that's how God wants this thing to end up. I believe God wants this thing to go out in a cloud of glory. I believe God wants to do his greatest work right now. As a matter of fact, I believe God wants to pour out revival now more than he ever has. And if somebody would get the right perspective and they would get their eyes open and lift them up and start living by faith, would change everything about how we go through these times. And somebody said, Amen. Paul taught me not only that I need to keep living by faith, but I need to stay on the right road. Listen to me. It is impossible to finish with joy if you have gotten off track. And there are a lot of people that are getting off track. There are a lot of people that are trying to find the new and improved version of Christianity. You know what? That's nothing new. If you go read the book of Revelation, you'll find out that at one of the churches, there was the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, the doctrine of Baal. One of those doctrines was a simple teaching that the world needed Listen to me, a new and improved Christianity. That what had been given to the world, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ wasn't enough. They needed more. And so they said, this is the new and improved version. And Paul or, or John writing to the churches said, you need to stay away from that. That's error. You know what? I don't care who they are. Nobody is beyond the ability to get off track. And Paul said, whatever you do, you need to make sure that you're still on the right highway. You cannot finish with joy if you get off track. And I am one of those old dinosaurs that are still going to get up behind the pulpit and tell you that you must be born again and you must repent of your sin and you must be baptized in the name of Jesus and you must receive the gift of the Holy Ghost and you must live an overcoming life. Yeah, I'm going to tell you that because it is important that we not get off track. I assure you that the prize will be worth the work. It will be worth the effort. It will be worth the fight of faith. Like a good runner, Paul thought of the goal as the recompense for all of the difficulties of the way. 
Amen. Did you hear what I just said? He thought that the goal was the recompense for all the difficulties of the way. It was worth hanging on to the end. Amen. Not only do you have to stay on the right road, but you have to stay under the right direction and the right leadership. Who trusts himself will surely fall. Amen. Whoever leans upon his own understanding will not have much to lean on. So it's important that we stay under the right direction. We need the Lord now more than we've ever, ever needed him. That's why you need to pray every day. That's why you need to seek God's direction every day. You need to pray, pray for God's hand on your life every day. Because every day you need that leadership and influence of the Holy Ghost in your life. And somebody said, Amen. And I come to the end. Paul taught me that not only must I stay under the right leadership and direction and I must stay on the right road and no matter what happens, you have to keep living by faith. But most importantly, Paul taught me that you have to stay under the right attitude. Amen. Everybody say the right attitude. Amen. He said, I count not my life as dear to me. He said, none of these things move me. None of these things trouble me. It is so important that we keep the right attitude in this day. Amen. I, I, I find myself coming back more often to that one principle than anything else that I know of because I have seen good people develop bad attitudes and become lost in their journey. Amen. And nobody in this building is exempt from a bad attitude. Amen. Hello. Nobody is exempt from that. We've got to work on our attitude every day. I said every day we've got to work on our attitude. Some of us need to work on it right now. Amen. Every day we have to work on our attitude. Every day we need that attitude adjustment. Amen. Just like the world enjoys their happy hour, we need an attitude adjustment hour every day. Because if you're not careful, you'll develop the attitude of this world. And the attitude of this world is get what you can, run over as many people as you can, Cheat as much as you can, cut every corner that you can, deceive everybody that you can. Tell me that's not the truth. And if you're not careful, we can get to acting just like that. Amen. We got to keep the right attitude. Everybody say the right attitude. The right attitude. Paul said, I count not myself to apprehend it, but this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind, I reach forth to those things which are before, pressing toward the prize of the high calling. When you look at things from the right perspective, everything changes. Everything changes. In the dungeons of ancient castles, there was often a dark and winding staircase that was called by a particular name. 
It was there that they would lead many a condemned prisoner. And that stairwell would climb high and high up into the castle. And then there would be this door that they would have to go through. And that door was an open passage to the outside of the castle. And there was no stairs down. It was just one sudden plunge down into the deep abyss. And they would dash themselves out upon the rocks. And there was a lot of trepidation as that prisoner would begin to spiral around that walkway going further and further and further knowing that there was going to come a moment when a door would be opened and he would not know what was beyond that door. Do you know, folks, there are a lot of people that still live like that? They tremble every day wondering what the next step is going to hold and what tomorrow is going to bring and what sudden calamity is going to come on us. But Paul said, I found a better way to live and that way is to live to finish this race. Amen. Life is filled with swift transition and not of earth unmoved shall stand. If we're going to build our hopes, we need to build them on things eternal and we need to hold to God's unchanging hand. And somebody said, Amen. Praise God. Praise God. When the Roman general Pompey was warned against the danger of his returning to Egypt, from Egypt to Italy, to meet a new trouble in his own land, his heroic answer was this. It is a small matter that I should move forward and die. It is too great a matter that I should take one step backward and live. I would rather go forward and die than to go backward and live. And that's what Paul said. He said, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I've kept the faith. I want to finish with joy. Amen. I want to finish with joy. And when you're guided by God's hand and you are sustained by God's grace, what a better way to live than that. Amen. He said, none of these things move me. When you've got the right attitude and you stay under the right direction and you stay on the right course. Amen. You keep living by faith, not by sight. Praise God. And you keep worshiping. You're going to finish with joy. That's what my goal is tonight. I want to finish with joy. I want to dance my way into the glory world. Amen. I want to dance the night away. Praise God. I read something the other day that was just astonishing to me. When Jacob came to that night of encounter with God, and you know the story how Jacob sent his family ahead. He was trying to get ready to meet his brother Esau, whom he had been out of contact with for 20-plus years and having left on bad terms and he knows he's not ready to meet his brother. He sends his family away. And then he lingers by the brook Jabuk. And that night the Bible said he wrestled all night long with the angel of the Lord. What's interesting is that in the Hebrew, <clears throat> the word wrestle that is used there literally means kick up dust or kick up your heels. 
So in Jacob's mind, he was wrestling, but it could be from God's perspective. It was just a long night of dancing. And he danced his way right into power, and he danced his way right into the glory of God and the blessings of God. You know what? That's how I want to go out of this world. I want to go out of this world rejoicing. I want to go out of this world clapping my hands and singing. I I wouldn't be ashamed or afraid if God would just take us in the middle of a worship service. Oh, yes, I want to leave here praising God. Amen. I want to leave here with a song in my heart. I want to leave here with praise on my lip because I have one goal, and that is to finish. Amen. Let's stand together. I want to finish with joy.